grateful for the goodness of the Lord. Amen. We're going to do a little different thing here. Usually we have a question for the children, but we're going to do something different. We have a question for the adults. Ah, I've got a little twist there. Question for the adults. So here's a question. According to uh, Bishop Ward's uh, sermon last Sunday, he spoke about the book of Numbers. And through the book of Numbers, he reminds us of an action of justice we should have taken this year. An action of justice we should have taken this year. If you know what the answer is, what you need to do is to immediately send your answer at mail at ptspice.org, or you can send it to the children, one, either one, and at least, no, the first two will make sure that you get a gift card. Amen. Ah, again, according to the book of Numbers. Well, let's get into the word of the Lord. I'm going to be speaking more about the elections. That's the elephant in the room. We'll be talking more about the elections on Tuesday. But Tuesday, we're going to be praying and fasting as a church that the Lord will put in who he chooses and not who we want um, according to his plan and purpose. Um, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 11 to 17, and Joshua chapter 6 verse 2. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11 says, And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. The word of the Lord came to me a second time, saying, what do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, out of the north, disaster shall be let loose upon the inhabitants of the land. But you, verse 17, dress yourself for work, arise and say to them everything that I command you. Joshua chapter 6, verse 2, the Lord said to Joshua, See, 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 I have given Jericho into your hand. I want to speak from the subject, what you see. What you see. And last week was what you're saying. I want to talk about what you're saying. Father, I pray that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, demonstration of spirit of power, that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of divine dream but in the power of God. I pray that God, you will bear witness to my ministry, both with signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to your will. And I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our heart be enlightened so that we would know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance that you have in each and every one of us who are your saints. And help us to know the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
want to speak to you about what you're seeing. And uh, I, I'm just excited about what happened last uh, Friday night at 11 p.m. into Saturday morning at 3.30, 3.40 a.m. We, I, I tell you, the Holy Ghost, I call, I'm going to have to call Friday nights now Friday Night Fire because, whoo, I mean, it was amazing. You say, well, what do you mean, Bishop? Uh, it was so amazing that uh, that some people could not even get, I didn't realize that we had a limit on our Zoom account. <laughs> the limit was 100 and so people could not get into the prayer. We had about 13 to 20 people who couldn't get into the prayer time because it was so full. And I mean, God moved. And praise God as, as um, you know, Dr. Uh, Ruth uh, Kedigy ministered and myself and Brother Emmy led us in worship. The Holy Ghost, my goodness. Even after, even after we finally uh, closed down at, 340. I uh, found out that a few people stayed on about another hour, and then when the Zoom account was finally closed, people were texting each other at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I tell you, God was moving. We praise God for that. And I want to kind of continue talking a little bit about that today. Uh, you know, uh, Dr. Ruth and myself, we're basically talking about winterizing our home, seeing that winter is here, we need to winterize our home, and we, the Lord shared some principles about what that means uh, through the both of us. And again, we're saying that there's three homes you got to take care of. First of all, your home misses your body. The Bible says your body is the temple of God. Secondly, your home, where you live. Joshua said in 24, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So your, your house, your room, your apartment, that is also your home. And then, of course, this house, we want to make sure that we winterize this house. And one of the things, principles we talked about, about the five steps of winterizing your house, but I want to talk about, I want to reiterate one, one thing that I said, and even uh, Dr. Ruth shared, and that is uh, an awareness of what's going on in the spirit, an awareness of what God has in store for us. And so uh, when, we, when we look at faith, when we look at faith, we said last week that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the word substance means the building material and the building material by which we build the thing we hope for is our words we're made in the image of god and just like god created the heavens and the earth with his words so we are to use our words uh, proverbs 18 verse 21 says death and life are in the power of our tongues secondly we it says not only faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. So we talked about what you're saying, but this week we want to talk about what are you seeing? That word evidence of things hoped for, it, is, it comes from two Latin words, e, which means completely, and video, which means to see. That's for you, Jordan. It's between me and you, that little joke there. E, completely, and video means to see. So faith is seeing completely the thing that cannot be seen. Are you with me? Faith is seeing completely, meaning the thing you can't see natural, it's a unseen reality. You can't see it, but it's real. Just like, and sadly to use this illustration, but just like the coronavirus, you can't see it with your naked eye, but it's true enough for real. And so with faith, Faith is seeing completely the thing that's not seen. 
Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. He says, we look not at the thing which are seen, meaning that what we see physically, but we look at the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Uh, the writer of Hebrews says this, through faith, I think it's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, he says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things that are seen were not made by things which do appear. In other words, what we see was not created by what we see. What we see was created by what's not seen, which is the invisible, powerful God who we serve. Can you say amen? And so, Paul, when we're talking about walking in this place where we can see the unseen, Paul says it this way, and he, and he talks about in Second Corinthians, no, sorry, First Corinthians chapter two, he he talks about, and and he talks about again uh, in verse uh, four, which I spoke, which I talk about many times in my prayer that my speech and my preaching would not be enticing words of man's wisdom, and so from verse four to verse seven in that 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 chapter, chapter two, he's talking about we speak a wisdom that comes from God. You follow me? We speak a wisdom that comes from God. Well, what is that wisdom that comes from God, Paul? In verse 9, he says, we speak the things that eyes cannot see. We speak the things that ears cannot hear. We speak the things that have entered into the heart of man. What things are you talking about, Paul? The things that God has prepared for those who love him. All right, so Paul, thank you that God has things prepared for me that I cannot see. So how in the world can I get access to the things I can't see? Paul goes on to say, but those things are revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. Verse 11, for the Spirit knows all things, verse 10 rather, but the Spirit knows all things in the deep things of God. He goes on to say, verse 14, it's, it's only a, the chapter only has 16 verses, but read it and meditate on it because it's, it's going to really allow us to get access to the things of God that seem to be blocking us. And so he goes on to say in verse 14, for the natural man, that is our human nature, cannot understand the things of the spirit. Neither can we know them because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to your spirit. And then Paul goes on to say at the end, who can, who can know the things of God? And he says in verse 16, but we can know the things of God. Why? Because we have the mind of Christ. What are you seeing? What are you seeing? What are you saying, Bishop? I'm saying this. God speaks to us through revelation, not observation and not explanation. Let me say that again. God speaks to us through revelation, not observation and not explanation. Let me give you an example. In Luke chapter 1, which, of course, we're going to be soon in December after Thanksgiving, heading into the Christmas season, the Christ Mass season, celebration Mass of Christ, and he goes on, and so what happens? Mary and Mary and Zechariah encounter the same angel who has the same announcement. 
He says, let's start with Mary. Even though he, he spoke to Joseph, he, he spoke to Zachariah first, the professional, the minister, the priest, the one who should know better. But he talks to him first, and then he talks to a teenager named Mary. Yes, a teenager. And he says to this teenager, Gabriel, whose name in Hebrew means the man of God, he speaks to Mary and he says, you're highly favored and you're going to have a child. And as a matter of fact, you're going to give birth to God. Now, notice, Mary is looking for an explanation. She says, how can this happen seeing that I've never had a sexual relationship with a man? How can this happen? And the Holy Spirit says, I'm not going to give you an explanation. I'm going to give you a revelation. I'm going to give you two words, the Holy Ghost. And Mary's response was, that's all I need. Verse 37, 38, she says, let it happen to me according to your word. Case closed. Now we have the second scene that I'm described, comes to a man named Zachariah. He's a priest. He's a minister. He's, he, he's trained. He went to seminary. He should know better. Zachariah's name in Hebrew means the Lord remembers, meaning that you've been praying all this time. The Lord hasn't forgotten what you prayed for. And now he's coming with an answer. He says, hey, Zach, you and your wife, Elizabeth, you're going to have a son, and you're supposed to name him John, because John means grace, and it's going to take grace for you to have a child at your age. Instead of him saying, amen, my prayer was asked, answered, he starts giving God his observations. Hey, Gabe, how can this happen, saying that I'm an old dude and my wife is an old lady? You thought I was going to say something else, huh? You were waiting. She's an old lady. And the angel got upset with him and said, you know what? Your mouth is going to get you in trouble. Your mouth, Lord have mercy, your mouth is going to hinder what I'm doing. Mm, I wonder if you, though, uh, though you pray all the time, I wonder if after you get off your knees, your mouth is disqualified and neglecting everything and negating everything you said on your knees. God, meet my needs. God, meet my needs. And then for the rest of the day, I'm broke. Things ain't never going to get right. Things ain't never going to change. Your words need to take you where you want to go. That's a bad word right there. You need to watch what you say. I believe it's, I believe it's uh, Proverbs chapter 6, around there. I think it is. It says, you are sneered. You are trapped by the words that come out of your mouth. Oh, it's quiet up there in that chat. God speaks by revelation. What do you mean? What does revelation mean? Okay. The word revelation means, re mean, you heard me say this many times, but it bears witness again. Re means back and veil, rebel means veil, to pull the veil back, but T-I-O-N, shun at the end, means the process of. So there's a process by which God 
pulls things back. So what do I mean? I mean right now, if I asked you, what is, what is, in, what is, what is this, uh, this uh, handkerchief or this you know, towel or whatever it is, <laughs> what is this veil covering? You wouldn't know. You would guess, but you wouldn't know until you could see what's unseen. And so what you need is a revelation. So after you've made all your guesses, well, I think it's this, I think it's that. Revelation, it is the hand of God pulling back the veil so you can see, ah, oh, it's a box. But it's not a box. What do you mean it's not a box? It looks like a box to me. Well, if I open the box, there is a gift card. And you may say, well, Bishop, I don't get it. Watch this. If I gave you this box wrapped in wonderful gift wrap, and let's say I put a $500 gift card to your favorite store and gave it to you, would you say Bishop gave me a box? No. You would say Bishop gave me a $500 gift card. My point is that the box only contains the real thing, the real gift. And what God is saying to you is that if you would wait for the revelation, wait, stop guessing and wait for the hand of God to reveal to you what he's given you, then when the devil comes in and tries to lie to you, and saying, hey, nothing going on, because you saw the invisible, you're able to say, no, there's a gift card in there. It's just a box. No, there's a gift card in there. See, that's what revelation is. Are you with me so far? And so the question I want to say, ask you is this. And so let me get back to this. So here's the point. The point is this. Then you may say, well, what happened to the, the text? Oh, this is what happened to the text. He says to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, what do you see? Jeremiah says, I see a almond, uh, an almond branch, I believe it's an almond branch. And the Lord says to Jeremiah, that's right. He says it to him, he says a second time. Jeremiah, what do you see? And he says, I see something coming out of the north. And God says, correct. You see something out of the, coming in the north. And then he says this. Now, Jeremiah, because you see what I see, now I can release you to say only what I want you to say. Could it be that the reason why the Lord hasn't released some of us to grab a hold of the thing and that we can't see is because he can't trust us mm, to say only what he says. He goes to, he goes to uh, Joshua. And he tells Joshua, Joshua, I know this wall of Jericho is impregnable. I know that the wall is so thick that they say two chariots can ride side by side. That's how thick it is. Nobody could get in and nobody can get out. But Joshua, I need you to agree with me right now. See, I have given you the city. 
Now, what's going to come out of your mouth after I told you I'm giving it to you? And too often, God has shown us things, and we, and we sing a hallelujah, we run around, and then what comes out of our mouth is the very opposite of what God showed us. If he said he's going to bring you through, you need to start celebrating how he brought you through. Mm. So you may say, well, Bishop, how come I'm not seeing? How come, how come I'm not seeing? Let me show you why many of us can't see. Put up the image, if you can. That's why some of us can't see. Too much YouTube, Facebook, CNN, Lord have mercy. Don't get me started on what I call CNN prayers. Every time we see something going on in the news, we, we want everybody to stop praying on what CNN has showed us. I am not saying that we should be ignorant, but how about let's get, mm, how about us stop reacting to what the television shows us and start being a little bit proactive about what, what God wants to do? Praying Fox prayers, praying MSNBC prayers, praying TikTok prayers. Stop, stop, Lord, no, praying Twitter prayers. Instagram prayers, Facebook, our, our prayers are driven by what we see on social media instead of what we see in the heavens. Well, Bishop, why am I not seeing? Because we haven't learned to wait in the presence of the Lord so that he can show us what we're supposed to see. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. Let me read this quickly. Uh, it says, he says, this is a King David. He says, I will stand upon my watch, set me upon the tower, and I will watch to see what he, the Lord, will say to me. And, and it's the voice version, and I need to think about how I should respond to him when he gets back to me with an answer. And the Lord answered me and he said, write the vision down, make it plain on, ta on tables that he may run that read your vision. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end, the vision will speak. It will not lie. Though it tarries, though it takes a long time, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. You can't live on your grandma's faith. You can't live on an on a intercessor's faith. You can't live on an elder's faith. You got to live on your own faith. At some point, you have got to believe God for yourself. Now, let me give you some background here quickly. Habakkuk, read it for yourself. It's only three chapters. Habakkuk is praying for justice. And God says, you know what? I'm going to bring justice in answer to your prayer. But when I answer your prayer for justice, you're not going to believe how I'm going to answer it. And, and, and Habakkuk, I'm a prophet. I'm a spiritual man. Show me, God. Show me, God. God shows him. Read it for yourself in chapter 1. God shows him how he's going to answer. And he says, God, I don't believe this. 
And the only reason why, you know, God bless him, the only reason why he gets in the prayer towel is because he says, you, you're going to have to, you're going to have some explaining to do to me because this doesn't make sense. But that's the way God moves. He says in Isaiah 56, 55, verse 6 to 8, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. Let me, let me mess with some of you right now. I believe it was God's will that Donald Trump was president or is president. How can you say that? Because I believe, see, see, mm, I, I could run around this shit. If you don't believe that God is sovereign, then you're going to have a problem with God. Because God has the ability to, to work out his plan without your permission. That's a bad word right there. So I'm not praying that Joe Biden wins and Kamala Harris. I'm not praying that, that, that Donald Trump wins and, and Pence. I am praying that the will of the Lord be done. Because he's sovereign. But here's the interesting thing. So, so Habakkuk is, is like, this, is, this doesn't make sense. I'm almost finished. Walk me, walk me now because this is deep. Habakkuk names Habakkuk, his name means to embrace. And many times we think of embrace of, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship. I love you, Lord. That, that's a nice embrace. But there's another embrace that I never saw before. There's an embrace that we call wrestling. Have you ever wrestled? Oh, you're in an embrace. It's just not a comfortable embrace. And if you have been a Christian any length of time, you're going to eventually wrestle with how God is doing things. You know, you know, let me preach to myself. Moses! Yeah. I've heard the cry of my people. Yeah, oh, this is the one. Oh, take off my shoes. I'm on Holy Ghost. And Moses, yes. I am going to send you as the answer. What? I can't speak. Moses is wrestling with the fact that God would choose him who can't talk to talk for him. Gideon, angel comes in chapter 7. Gideon, you mighty man of valor. Who, me? If, Gideon, is, he's prosecuting his own case. He says, if I'm a mighty man of valor, why am I hiding? Because God, Romans chapter 4, he calls those things that don't exist as if they already exist. There's no future with God. There's no past with God. There's just God. Esther. What? I'm just enjoying the kingdom. No, 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 no. You were called to the kingdom for such a time as this. And she's wrestling with it. Should I go to see the king? Should I not? And some of you right now, you're like me. You're wrestling with things that are happening, with the way life is going. How could this happen? You're wrestling with, 
within your mind. God, how can you allow this to happen? God, why are you not moving? And God is saying, wait on me and watch me. I'm going to make all things good according to my will. Let me end with a case study about the need to see what God is doing. Paul the Apostle is, he has a prophetic word from the Lord that he is supposed to go to Rome to stand before Caesar and speak the gospel. Paul boards a ship as a prisoner and Paul gets a revelation this is chapter 27. He gets a revelation and he says to the centurion, tell the captain of the ship, do not leave port. Where he gets a revelation. The centurion goes to the captain and says, this dude, he's a prophet, he says, don't leave because there's going to be trouble. The expert gives an explanation. This is a good one right now, right here. I'm a captain. I've been sailing the seas for decades. We can't stay here. Watch this. Oh, watch this. We can't stay here because winter is coming. Read it for yourself. Winter is coming. We can't stay here. He gives an explanation. Of course, the centurion's like, well, who am I going to believe? This preacher or this experienced sailor? Of course, I'm going to go with the sailor. They start out, and all of a sudden, an observation comes, a storm. The storm is so bad that after three days, Everybody on the ship for three days is fasting. Abstinence. I talked about that Friday night. They're fasting. By the third day, are you hearing me, Pentecostals in Africa? By the third day, these experienced sailors say, we are going to die. The, the, the experts say, we are going to die. And then the apostle Paul in the middle of the night, gets a revelation. And first he goes to the captain. It's really comical, chapter 27. He said, Captain, you should have done what I told you. <laughs> but nevertheless, in the midnight hour, an angel came to me and said, Fear not, Paul. Nobody on the ship is going to die. I see it, Sister Ruth. She said that Friday. Nobody on the ship is going to die because you're on the ship. And Paul says, I don't care what the storm says. Read it for yourself. He says, I believe God that it will be just like he said it was. In the midst of your storm, when it seems like your ship is going down, you need to stand up and speak to your situation. Tell the devil, look in the mirror and say, I believe God. I believe God. I have a revelation. I believe God. 
What struck me, though, is that after he said, I believe God, the storm lasted another 11 days. Ooh. Ooh, some of you are like, I believe God. And you're running and you're rejoicing. And all of a sudden, the thing just blew up in your face. And you're like, it's over. God said, no, 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 no. I don't care if the storm lasts another week and a half, two months, three years. If I said it to you, Numbers 23, verse 19, God is not a man that he should lie. He's not the son of man that he should change his mind. If he said he'd do it, if he speaks it, he will make it good. Winter is coming. Yeah, Paul said, I know winter's coming. But stay in the winter season. What do you mean? Stay in the word. What do you mean? Proverbs, sorry, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. For God is faithful. That promise. So, I want to teach you two prayers that you should pray to help you to see what God is doing. Read the story for yourself, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17. I went through this with the family to frame readers. Where God, where Elisha, he sees an army on his side that is greater than the army that's attacking him. But unfortunately, his servant didn't. And Elijah shall praise God, open my servant's eyes so that he can see what's already with us. In the midst of your discouragement, ask God to open your eyes. That's a, that's a good prayer. And then finally, pray the prayer that I recited earlier as my open prayer. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16 and 18. Pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, give unto, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. God, let the eyes of my understanding be enlightened so that I can know. I'm telling you, if you would begin to walk in revelation, not observation, not needing an explanation, Trust me, you'll be at a lot more, you'll experience a lot more peace. And you'll experience a lot more rest. What do you see? Let's bow our heads and pray for you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. And Lord, I realize there's no way we're going to make it through. There's no way we're going to make it through. 2020 and 2021 if we don't walk in revelation instead of observation or explanation. And I like what Tudor Bismarck, Bishop Tudor Bismarck said. I constantly quote this. He says, God is not looking for us to understand. He's looking for us to obey. And so, Father, I pray that we'll as we've been sharing many times at the different prayer sessions, morning prayer and midnight prayer, God's love language is obedience. Help us to get in the word more and open our eyes to all that you have for us. In Jesus' name.
Amen. I want to pray over you a final prayer. It's a final blessing. You can put out your hands. And I'm going to bless you with the prayer that Paul prayed over the church at Ephesus in chapter one. You can read it for yourself. And from what I understand, theologians say that the church at Ephesus was Paul's strongest church. No crazy stuff going on there. And I believe one of the secrets was this. Paul says in verse 16, he says, and I'm going I'm to pray over you right now, so open your hands and receive this blessing. Paul says, I cease not, I cease not in my praying for you. I keep mentioning you in my prayers. And my prayer is that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, I bless you that he will give unto you the spirit of wisdom, because wisdom, Proverbs, I think, chapter 4, wisdom is the principal thing, that he will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who Jesus is. I bless you that your, the eyes of, your, of the understanding of your heart will be enlightened so that you would know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance that he has in each and every one of you who are his saints. And that you would know, I bless you to know, what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards you who are, belie who are believers. It is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's, a, it's above all principalities and power, might and dominion. And he has given Jesus a name above every other name, and that you would know that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I bless you that this week you will see things in the spirit. You will, you will see things in the word of God that will, that will electrify and encourage your faith. I bless you with that. In Jesus' name, amen. And God bless you.